0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, our live stream church services, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and the conclusion of his teaching called Learning to Run Again. Here's the
1: good news. We have the Holy Spirit to help us in the race. I say walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, but you must feed the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? You get into the Word of God, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit. You get into worship, which gets you in the Spirit, if you will. You pray. You fellowship. You share your faith. All the fundamental things that make you a runner fit to run well. Some of you... Uh, battle your weight and you battle staying in shape. And you know that there's a couple key things for fit people to do. One, they have to have a good diet. You know, it doesn't mean they can't have treats, but they have overall have to have a good diet, consistently have a good diet. And what's the second thing? They have to consistently work out. And when you do those two things, you're going to be in shape. It's not hard to figure out how you get in shape. But do you know how many people are actually in shape in our world? Well, probably less than are not in shape. Because it takes work. And your Christian life takes some work. Now you say, but Pastor Michael, you were just talking about grace. Yes, you're saved by grace, you're kept by grace. But how you run this race... Will be determined by your spiritual diet and how often you work out, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? This is not hard to figure out. The people that are ahead in the race, that are still in the race, that are keeping the pace, there's just a couple of simple yet very significant things to do. And those are the things that God is calling you back to to learn to run again. You've got to do the fundamentals well. And here's the truth, nobody can do them for you. I love those commercials late at night they they're selling those things that, you know, allegedly will get you in shape and it's usually some sort of contraption that, you know, you can strap around your waist and <laughs> just it kind of moves over your body and this is going to get you that six-pack you've always wanted. Or this is going to get you in shape it just vibrates you. No, it's not. <laughs> save your $19.99 in 3 easy payments. You got to actually do it. Look, they call it a workout for a reason because it's work. You got to Have you ever noticed you do a workout and at my age I'm I'm pretty much drag kicking and screaming to every workout I do now. <laughs> my body's like, "No, don't do it." But then when I work out, Inevitably, what happens is my body starts feeling better and those endorphins kick in. It's a pretty amazing thing that the Lord has designed into our body. We, we, we uh, pass a threshold, if you will, in long distance running. I did a little bit way back in the day, and I know that uh, there are so many times on a long distance run where my body was crying out to stop. And then once you pass the threshold, it seemed like things went into autopilot. And it became much easier to keep going. This is the running metaphor. And it's to run well is to obey the truth. Verse 8. <laughs> I'm laughing because I did one verse, but we'll move quickly now. This persuasion, Galatians 5 8, did not come from him who calls you. What persuasion? The persuasion of the false teachers. In Matthew 27, 20, the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. There are so many persuading influences out there, aren't there? They're in the media. They're in, they're on internet sites. They're everywhere. And they persuaded. And whether they know they're persuading or not is almost irrelevant. See, people are persuaded to do a whole ton of things and some outrageous things. Have you noticed that most of of what you see in this world is trying to persuade you into thinking a certain way? We call it a worldview. And that's what was happening in Galatia with this false teaching. They were trying to reshape the thinking of these believers to add something to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a big no-no. This persuasion is not from God. Anything that undercuts you in the race and attempts to move you away from the truth of the gospel and following closely the Lord Jesus Christ is not from God. It's a persuasion, but it's not from him. It's the world or the enemy, but it's not from him. And so we need to obviously keep running and prove ourselves to be examples to other runners in the race. And I hope you're thinking about your Christian life in that respect as well. Not that you just survive and finish. You know, there's some people that run marathons, and I respect anybody who would run a marathon, and they their goal is just to finish. And anybody who finishes 26.2 miles, I tip my cap to them. Anybody who is a triathlete and finishes, you, you have to be tremendously dedicated to do that. But my question to you is, are you keeping the pace so much so that others could look at you and say, hey, that person inspires me to run better, to not give up? Titus two seven says, in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. See, the one that called you, called you to a winning race. And he will give you the power that you need to finish the race. Acts 20.24 20, in the New King James Paul says, "None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race, acts 2024, 20, with joy, in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, acts 2024. 20, None of these things move me. There's a story I came across, a gentleman named Lloyd Scott. He's an eccentric uh, marathon runner. I put that in quotes because he's run marathons in deep diving suits and suits of armor. Uh, he does eccentric things. In fact, uh, he climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro on a llama. Yes, it's true. He participated in the London Marathon in 2002 in a deep diving suit. He set the record for the slowest marathon time finishing in five days, eight hours, and 29 minutes and 46 seconds. In November 2002, he did the same thing in the New York Marathon, finishing in six days. Um, he's done a lot of outrageous things, eccentric things. But here's the spiritual point I'd like for you to consider. Why would anybody run a marathon in a deep diving suit and take six days to finish. Why would anybody put those weights on them? It seems really silly, doesn't it? And that's what some of us do. We put unnecessary weights so that we can't run free. And in Galatians 5.1, Paul says to the Galatians, it's for freedom that Christ set you free. He wants you to run the race free. Next metaphor is verse 9. Would you notice it? a little leaven, what does it do? It leavens the whole lump of dough. Now we move from the running race to some of the imagery of Passover. And when we studied the Passover, I reminded you that the Jewish people, in anticipation of the Passover, sweep the leaven out of their homes because leaven is a picture of sin, hypocrisy, evil, and And you can write this down for your notes, and I'll give you the verse in a moment. It's a picture in Matthew of false teaching. A little leaven, notice the word little, a little leaven permeates the whole batch of dough. It just takes a little bit to infect the whole. This is what Paul is saying. This false teacher had got into the Galatian church, and maybe someone's come across your radar screen that's got you questioning the gospel and questioning your faith. You know, a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. You can write down Matthew 16, 6 and 12. And then in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, you remember there was a man in the uh, Corinthian congregation who was messing around with his father's wife. And it was a, a, a terrible sin that was infecting the church. And Paul says, you're boasting 1 Corinthians 5, 6 is not good Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Let us, therefore, 1 Corinthians 5, 8, celebrate the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. When Jesus rode in in the triumphal entry and he cleaned out the money changers out of his father's house, he was cleaning out the leaven out of the temple. And do you think, brethren, that God might be sweeping out the leaven out of our lives right now? So many things have been taken away, and maybe that's what had to happen for us to finally get serious about the leaven getting out of our lives so that we can actually run the race in prime shape, with our eyes fixed on him. Now, Paul says as we wind down, I have confidence in you in the Lord. My confidence in people only goes so far, but in the Lord, it ramps up. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you, Galatians 5.10, will adopt no other view. See, it comes down to what you believe. But the one who is disturbing you, this false teacher, shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Now, I'm confident in the Lord that you're going to finish. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, Philippians 1.6, will complete it to the day of Christ. I'm confident that he's going to get you to the finish line. But this false teacher, and please hear this well, because this is what God thinks of false teaching. He's going to bear his judgment, whoever he is. Jesus said, Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks, for inevitably they will come but woe to the man through whom they come. It would be better for him if he tied a heavy millstone around his neck and was cast into the depth of the sea.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church is unable to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church.
0: Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: My confidence in
0: people only goes so
1: far, but in the Lord, It ramps up. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you, Galatians 5.10, will adopt no other view. See, it comes down to what you believe. But the one who is disturbing you, this false teacher, shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Now, I'm confident in the Lord that you're going to finish. I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you Philippians 1:6 will complete it to the day of Christ. I'm confident that he's going to get you to the finish line. But this false teacher, and please hear this well because this is what God thinks of false teaching. He's going to bear his judgment whoever he is. Jesus said, "Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks, for inevitably they will come." but woe to the man through whom they come. It would be better for him if he tied a heavy millstone around his neck and was cast into the depth of the sea. I want to tell you, for those of you who are watching and you're not a Christian right now and you were moved away from the church because of hypocrisy, can I say to you, I apologize on behalf of the professing church because some expressions of the professing church have let's face it, uh, sadly disappointed the onlookers. Now, there are some people who are using hypocrisy in the church as an excuse. And I'm not talking about that. But if you were hurt by a hypocrite in the church, if you saw a false teacher in it just for the money, and you wondered, what does God think about that? Why is that allowed to go on? One day, should they not repent, they will bear their judgment. That's what Paul is saying. See, Christians are going to make it to the finish line by God's grace. But anyone who stumbles one of God's people, this is important to hear. They're going to deal with the Lord. They're going to stand before the Lord. And if you have been teaching a false gospel, my friend, don't play that game anymore. And there have been some prominent teachers in the last several months that have apparently recanted some of their false stands of the past. And I pray that that's true. And if you've been hurt by hypocrisy in the church, if you've been stumbled by it, if you fell out of the race because another runner came along and tripped you up, I'm sorry. But my prayer is that you would not let a hypocrite keep you out of heaven. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I know people can disappoint us, but please don't use hypocrisy as a reason to stay away from Christ. He loves you. Final verse, final two verses. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Some people were saying Paul preached it. He had Timothy circumcised. He was was half Jewish. But Paul says, no. Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. You may have noticed that in the media right now, there are some people that are taking some shots at believers mocking prayer, Uh, many churches have experienced, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not going to endorse what some people have done in certain regions. We have to try to keep the laws of the land as best we can, but Christians have become a target and it seems like that's always been the case. And we need to be good citizens, but we also need to realize that persecution comes because the cross is offensive to people. And Paul says, look, Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Look, there are going to be people that are unhappy with you because the cross offends them. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for in the same way their fathers used to treat the false prophets. You know, our messages have been going up on YouTube, and it's interesting because uh, there's been, you know, you'll see a thumbs up, but then oftentimes there's a thumbs down, and we we can think, well, that means everything to me, that everybody's thumbs are up. But Jesus says, be careful. Yes, you want to have favor, but but some people are going to go like this. They're never going to be happy with the preaching of the gospel. And you can't be in it for that. You have to be in it to please Jesus Christ. And then Paul says harshly, would that those who were troubling you about this idea of circumcision, if they care so much about it, would that they would even mutilate themselves. Ouch. But that's how, I guess you could say, upset Paul is that they've made this such a focus and ended up hurting people in the race. At the 1938 NC2A Championships in Minneapolis, uh, Louis Zamperini was the man to beat. Coaches from rival schools had even ordered their runners to sharpen the spikes on their shoes and slash Louis. Halfway through the race, just as Louis was about to move ahead for the lead, Several runners shouldered around him, boxing him in. Louis tried repeatedly to break loose, but couldn't get around the other men. Suddenly, the man beside him swerved in and stomped on his foot, impaling Louis's toe with his spike. A moment later, the man ahead began kicking backward, cutting both of Louis's shins. A third man el- elbowed Louis's chest so hard that he cracked Louis's rib. Do you know, I learned something about Louis Zamperini, and I believe, uh, as I did just some quick research, I've got the right guy. Do you know that he ended up running in the uh, Olympics, ended up serving his country in the military, and ended up becoming a Christian evangelist? See, he knew something about running the race. And some of you feel a little cut up, boxed in, maybe shouldered in by other runners, and And maybe you're a little bit hurt. Maybe uh, it's been tough sledding for you, tough running. But Jesus said, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Sometimes the Christian life will be tough, but let's face it, here we are in America, for most of us, we've had it pretty good. And we need to keep running. And we are praying that things get back to normal and that the hurting will uh, have their lives uh, back to normal again, whatever normal is going to look like. But but my encouragement to you and to me is that we learn to run again. Maybe for you it's going to be that you get back on mission. Maybe it's going to be for you that you get back to your Bible. Maybe it's going to be for you that all the other leaven and entanglings go away and you just simply refocus your eyes on who Jesus is. He loves you so much that he came and died for you. If you're not a Christian and you've been, uh, you've kind of tuned in and maybe you've watched the last several messages and you're, you haven't made that decision to follow Christ. Now's your time. We literally don't know what a day is going to bring. In this last week, we've heard about a couple of uh, Christians who passed away, and uh, it's hard. This life can be a challenge, but but be of good cheer. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. I've run the race. You're going to make it. Just stay close to me. And if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, ask him to save you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I've allowed it to weigh me down and distract me. Thank you that you came into this world and lived the perfect life that I have failed to live. Thank you that you died on that terrible cross for me. Pray it now. Thank you for your resurrection so that the grave doesn't have the final word you do. I believe on you. I trust in you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Please save me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God be my king. There's no perfect prayer. But if you cry out to the Lord, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he saves to the uttermost. And church, I I just want to encourage you to keep the faith, keep running strong, keep encouraging one another, keep praying for one another. And uh, I do hope that we can be together again soon in the same building, worshiping the Lord. But whatever our Christian life is going to look like in the next couple of weeks or months, keep the faith and keep running. Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you for your living word. Whatever's been from me that's not beneficial, let people quickly forget it. But whatever's been from your Holy Spirit, let people hold on to it. Let it put wind in their sails to run this race freely and with endurance as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.
0: You're listening to Learning to Run Again, part three on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter five. Hey, just a reminder that you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on podcast. You can listen on our Living Truth app or on whatever podcast app you listen to, like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Music, you name it. You can listen to previous programs, too. They're all there. Listen to the Walk in Truth podcast on your walk around the neighborhood, uh, on your way up to the mailbox, uh, in your backyard, or wherever you want. Listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I
1: pray that you've been blessed as you've uh, shared in this teaching with learning to run again in Galatians chapter 5. And you know, the key to running a good race is having a good plan, good training, good diet, and good focus. And I think as you consider Galatians chapter five, you know, you realize what it really needs to take to run a good race is to be committed and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to win the prize and please my master, please my coach. And so that's my encouragement to you as you consider running this race with endurance as you look to Jesus. I'd also like to invite you to our Sunday morning service, which will stream live this morning at 10 a.m. Now, the teaching that you're used to hearing on the program Walk in Truth comes from the pulpit of Living Truth. And this morning, we're going to stream our service at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to join us, to worship with us, to open your Bible and grow in your most holy faith. You can go to walkintruth.com right now, Check it out. Walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab and join us for worship. We'd love to have you. This is your opportunity to join us. If you're part of another fellowship, we are certainly not looking to replace that. But if we can add something to your life, and that's what we pray we've been doing, uh, we would love to do that. So the church tab, walkintruth.com. Join us for worship. We'll see you there.
0: We've been live streaming our Sunday morning services like many other churches. So If in the past you haven't had a chance to come out and join us live, join us online. Again, you can find the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel when you visit walkintruth.com and click on church. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, and we'll talk to you next week. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship.